Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Did UCF get screwed? And are college football fans getting screwed with an all-SEC national championship game? That plus Lightning and John Lynch and a Hall of Fame is up on this edition of the Rick and Tom Podcast. Hey, everybody. Tom Jones, Rick Straub, Tampa Bay Times, along with our producer, Steve Versnick. Man, what a New Year's Day full of football action, Rick. We'll get to the National Championship semifinal games in just a moment. Let's start with the controversy today, or one of them anyway, and that's UCF. I wrote a thing for the Tampa Bay Times saying, you know what, I'm tired of hearing about UCF. I'm tired of hearing about how they deserve to be in the National Championship. To me, they haven't played anybody Except for this fact, Rick, they went to the Peach Bowl. They beat Auburn. Auburn was number one at one time there for a while. At Auburn team, beat Georgia. They beat Alabama. Oh, those happen to be the two teams playing for the national championship. So, Rick, when you look at this thing, do UCF fans, who even though they're completely whiny, in my opinion, are they getting disrespected? No, they're not. Uh, I'm not tired of hearing about them. (laughs) <laughs> because I, I I think I think they should crow as much as they want to. It's it's hard to believe that this team was winless, right? Think about this. That they is were remarkable. O, they were yeah. zero and eleven, and and I think there's like fifty something players on that from that team that has now gone undefeated. So it's a remarkable accomplishment. But listen, I mean, you know, when you play in this conference and it's not a Big Five conference, it's very hard to impress anybody with your wins over USF and Memphis. And so, right. you know, it, it, you couldn't, you couldn't get ranked high enough to make it into the, to the final four. And the whole Daisy chain thing, you know, doesn't work because if you really whittle it down, you're going to find out that like Troy won the national <laughs> title. So I, I just now, think when you that, say Daisy chain, you mean this team beat that team. Yeah. Which this team beat, team beat these team, team that team. And then eventually you realize that, you know, somebody <laughs> really bad, is the national champion? What was it like so, last year? Pitt beat Pete, Pitt beat Penn State and Clemson. Yeah. Couldn't beat like Virginia Tech or anybody else, but they beat those two teams. And, and then the final, yeah. yeah, the final thing is that this whole notion of because this happened during the bowl season, it's like, hey, Michigan holds their, they're going to go undefeated. The Big Ten's going to be ten and zero. That's great. It doesn't mean squat. I mean, Auburn, you know, was going to be maybe the number one seed, you know, in the tournament, if you will. Uh, and then they lost. And I'm sorry, but that month of practice was not the focus for the Peach Bowl um, that they would have had, you know, for something much better, like a national semifinal. So, I mean, I give UCF all the credit in the world. It's it's remarkable what they've done in the season they've had and, and uh, you know, all that. But um, Mackenzie Milton, I mean, these guys are phenomenal. But it, it's not, you know... It's nothing but a but a nice talking point. And if anything, Tom, I think, and, and unfortunately UCF's not a big enough player to do this necessarily. Maybe maybe we can talk about the two SEC teams, but I think there is a real legitimate, you know, reason to expand this um, because somebody one day is going to get left out. That's really really good. And, and and I mean, four teams. A lot of people are happy with that. I think it should be six. No, and I think that's where this whole thing is headed. And, and uh, there are two arguments here right now. One is if you're not a Power 5 team, 
mm-hmm. are you ever going to get a chance to play for a national title? Because you can't do more than what UCF did. They went out there and they won their conference. They beat Memphis twice. They tried to schedule a good game. They they tried to schedule Georgia Georgia Tech, mm-hmm. and that game got uh, got wiped out because of the hurricane and never got made up. And they beat U- US, USF, and that was a good victory. My big thing with, with UCF and playing in the AAC, and I know that – those that conference wants to get more respect, but there's a real big difference between going through and beating Memphis and East Carolina and Navy and SMU and Houston or whoever. And there's some decent teams in there. It's one thing to do that, and it's another thing to okay, one week I got to play Michigan State, and then the next week I got to play Michigan, and then I got to go to Iowa, then I'm home against Nebraska, then I'm at Penn State, then I got to play Ohio State. I, in the, when you play in the Big Ten or the SEC or even the Pac-12 or the Big 12 or ACC. There's there are challenges every week. You can't sleep any week. There there's anybody can get you in those conferences. Whereas I think that UCF could go into there are a lot of schools that they can play in the AAC and you can go in there almost half assed and still come out with a victory. The, that's the difference here between the AAC and and the other conferences. But to your point, Rick, there's going to be enough squawking at some point. We're saying, mm-hmm. wait a minute, that's we might as well have our own tournament, which I'm all mm-hmm. for, by the way, because if you're asking me. Does that mean a no power? If you're not in a power five, you can never win a national championship. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And I think you know who else is saying that? Scott Frost, because that's why he's leaving UCF to go to Nebraska. Because he's there's no way he can do any better than what he just did at UCF. Right. And he's still not playing for a national title. And the same guy that says the system's rigged and and they didn't <laughs> want us. When he loses one game in the big, you know, the Big Ten, I guess they're in Nebraska is now, which mm-hmm. is odd. When he loses one game and UCF is undefeated, do you think he's going to be saying, yeah, you know what, guys, I know they played <laughs> SMU and, and Houston and, and, you know, Temple, but I think they deserve to go, even though we lost one game to Ohio State or something. You know what I mean? It's right, right. It's, come on, get out of here. But you're right, Rick. I think this is where it said. You've been on top of this all along, and, and I've always been. Look, I like the BCS. I, I might be the only me and Bill. Dude, Hancock, that was a train wreck. <laughs> we're the only two people on the planet Earth who actually felt like they got it right most years. What was the final two teams? But you've been on this whole thing all along, where you thought it should be more than four, and six is the number you've pretty much settled on. Well, some you're talking people, to yeah. Go ahead. Some people think it should be eight, and I get that. You know, it's yeah, just. Yeah. Um, you can do whatever number you want. I mean, first of all, you got to have enough weekends in a year to do it. But uh, so this would certainly add a layer to that. It's not just two weeks now. You have to, you know, presumably add add an extra layer somewhere. But the thing about it is, if you have a power, if you have you know the five power five uh, d- uh, conference winners, if you had conference champions from each of those, and I wouldn't care what the record was. I mean, you know, it's sort of like. I mean, it isn't exactly like, but it's sort of like uh, the NFL that you know. Maybe you're in the NFC South and, and you have to win 12 games, but, you know, there was one year where, you know, I think Carolina got in with seven wins. Well, you know, there were other teams in other conferences that had more than that, but they didn't, you know, they didn't play in the S- in, in, in that division. So I just think you take the champions from the Power Five, and then the controversy is going to come over who's the at-large, you know, the non-Power Five uh, team that's, that's going to make it. But I think... You know, in this case, it would have been obvious. It would have been an undefeated UCF team, and right. you know, put them another in year. It might be Notre Dame or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah, right. So just you know, take take one team that's that's not, and, and yeah, you're right. Maybe Notre Dame dominates that, but like take one team that's not a Power Five conference and and play play your tournament. But um, the other thing that's going to change this is just the absolute. You talk about whining, is the rest of the nation mostly yes. the Big Ten. Screaming because there's two SEC teams in the championship game. 
Right. And if you had this formula, which you have of, of, uh, of six teams getting it, there would not be two SEC teams no. getting in. And that's the big complaint that everybody also has today, Rick. And that's the other controversy is that uh, Alabama and Georgia are going to play one another only because those teams won their they they were both had a chance to get into the into the college football playoff. A lot of people didn't think Alabama should be there. That's right. Here's the way I look at this, Rick. It's almost like Alabama. I yeah, I know, I get it. They're part of the SEC. To me, though, they're almost like they're not. They're their own entity. They're not even like they're, <laughs> what you know what I'm saying. Like they're, you don't <laughs> they're even the count. Patriots? They're, they're, yeah, they just they're go not, every they, year. Exactly. <laughs> they're they're just not even like a part of the SEC. They're just their own yeah. thing, you know. And everybody yeah. else is fighting for one of the other three spots. That's how much Nick Saban has it wrong. I don't have a problem with two SEC teams in the national championship game. And people were jumping all over me last night on Twitter, Rick, saying this is awful for college football. And I couldn't figure I said, and I said, why? Is it? Well, there'd be no interest outside of the states of Alabama and Georgia. And I said, well, how's that different than if Clemson had gotten in? Yeah. It'd be no different than if, the, if Georgia and South Carolina, the people there. And they said, no, there's a difference. Do you get what they're, where they're coming from? I don't, but I... Well, I'm, like, I mean, I'm it, trying to see where they're coming from. One is, yeah. I mean, this year, if it was Clemson, I mean, they're in South Carolina, so you could say, yeah, that's definitely the South. But I mean, it, you know, it it could have also been North Carolina or Pitt or, you know, some other some other school in that, you know, or Miami, right? Um, which is also the South. I mean, look, yeah, but it's not. Uh, it's an, there's an awful Boston. lot of really good football playing in the South. Okay, yeah. <laughs> let's just let's just agree to that. But the last time, you know, which was only a few years ago, when you had LSU Alabama in a rematch, essentially. Um, and that was in the BCS days, that's how we got this playoff. I mean, people right. were screaming that this is so brutally unfair and who wants to watch these two teams, and they were awful. If you remember, they set back offense about 25 yeah, a, years ago. Yeah, I think they day. played in the regular season, the final score was like 10 nothing or something. Yeah. And, and, and then so, they met again, and that wasn't close Alabama. I mean, I don't think television would be really thrilled about it. I mean, it's going to be a little harder to maybe to, to build it up, and you know, and these neither one of these teams, well – I mean, Georgia has a true freshman quarterback that actually, you know, probably won the game over Oklahoma because um, he played better than Baker Mayfield. But yes. neither team is going to throw the ball a lot. It's just going to be an in-the-trenches, you know, hand-to-hand combat type game. Um, so if you're into that, you'll love it. But I can see where if I'm in California or Oregon or Arizona um, or even the Midwest, especially the Midwest where they're really ticked off, um, I can see where people will just say, you know what, I'm not watching this. No, and I agree with you that there will be people who do that because I heard from them. But at the, at the same time, I don't know what matchup we could have given them where the people from Pennsylvania or Michigan or Minnesota. Ohio State. Would have been, well, I'm saying of the four teams that were in. You know, oh, there was no yeah, there right. was no combination that we could have given them yeah, where people right. would have said, like, okay, that's that's better than Georgia well, Alabama. Be, yeah, because they had no Peg Big Ten and they had, they had no Pac-12, right? Right. Right. I mean, you had... You had two teams from the SEC, a Big 12, and all the teams were from the South, ACC. Right. So you're talking, and, and the games are being played in the South. I mean, it's mm. practically, you know, you could hear the banjos now from for this game. It's, that it's is all, so it, wrong to say that, <laughs> by the way. I mean, that is just like so wrong. Pennsylvania boy comes down here to Florida. You know, where I live up here, the further north you go in Florida is really is really the further south further you south are. You go? Yeah. And I'm up here in Lutz, actually, Lutz. And you call let, me, Lutz. let me just tell you, we, we've encroached on the country because this used to be horse country and, and other things. And I just I just know that those those of those Southerners, you know, that don't like Bando Joe's are probably offended right now. 
Well, look, hey, I'm Mr. SEC. I've been saying all along about how the SEC is still the best conference in football. Although this year, I thought the big isn't that funny. I, I but see, it doesn't matter. The, the Big Ten is still the best conference in football. They're they're the deepest. The SEC just happens to have the top heavy. Well, that, I mean, first of all, I mean, it's Alabama and everybody, right? I mean, you said it. it. And, you know, yes. it's kind of like you know, Alabama is in the SEC, but as long as they're in the SEC, then the SEC is a really damn good conference because. That's who you kind of get to get over on, so right. I mean, I don't think that they have to apologize. It'd be like saying, um, I don't know, the AFC East. You know that the Patriots, they're the damn AFC East. No, they're the Patriots. You know, it's just kind of like no one else is any good. But you don't just say the AFC East. Well, they do kind of stink. I mean, maybe that's why the Patriots are the Patriots. I don't know. <laughs> now that I think about it, forget it. No, I don't. No, look, I, I know where you're coming from, and, and I also think though that when Doug Gottlieb had a great tweet the other day. He said, bowl games mean nothing unless they help bolster one of your arguments. And, and for example, the, the, big, mm-hmm. the Big Ten's crowing today because everybody Nine except for mm-hmm. Steve Ersnick's Michigan Wolverines managed Yeah, what was that, it. by the way? They were up 16 to nothing or 16 Steve to was three. at that game. Steve was at that game sitting in the rain with his They kids. can't throw the ball. They have no quarterback. They're awful. Jim's got to get a quarterback or he might as well just leave Michigan now. He can't beat anybody. Can't win a bowl game. Their hope is Shea sure. Patterson, the transfer from Ole Miss, is eligible next year. I hear. I hear, yeah. No rule rules. Yeah. Like Shea. See, you have to steal quarterbacks from the SEC. That's what <laughs> happens, Big Ten. That's exactly right. But, uh, but I. They'll but, be crowing about it. They, well, they, uh, I was, I actually thought it was kind of, did you see what's, who was it? Uh, Amari Cooper? Is that the guy? Yeah. He mm-hmm. went to Michigan, right? Jumping no, all Amari, over. Amari, Amari Cooper. Amani Tumor. Amani Toomer, right? that's who it was. Amari Cooper went to Alabama. Amani Toomer. Amari, Amari and Amani. Yeah, they're not they even all, the same generation, actually. But They are, but they he jumped all over your boy Harbaugh, ripping him. And here's what I ripped into Harbaugh, too. You know he's 9-8 and eight in his last 17 games? 9-8 and eight in his last 17. And it's I, a after record, having, right? Everyone, said going, <laughs> everyone forgets, going into this year, everyone predicted 8-9 to nine wins. That was the prediction at the beginning of the year. Everyone mm. forgets that. Everyone wants to gloss that over because they whipped Florida in the first game and everyone thought they were going to be the national champions. Well, Florida's Florida still right. terrible. They yeah. did stink. Right. Michigan, and they were playing with their third-string quarterback a good part of this, the last part of the year. I mean, That's true. not saying, not saying Harbaugh no did a great job this year because I have a lot of criticisms of, of, of especially the play calling and, and, and some of the positions they put the team in, but they were not going to win the national championship this year. They were so young. They lost 18 starters from last year's team. Next year they get practically everyone back. Let's judge them next year. And if he can't if he can't do well next year, then it's time to put him on the hot seat or look at things. <laughs> then it's time to send him out with Brady Hoke out to the beyond. Yeah, the well, I mean, you know, uh, the, the the expectations from Vegas and everybody else was eight to nine wins. They finished eight and five. You know, they didn't blow the outback bowl. Maybe it's nine and know. four. If they, you know, I mean, right? They were the the predictions were dead on. Everyone forgets that because they beat Florida so handily in that first game in, in Dallas. Yeah, the only predictions that matter are the alumni, and they expect them to win 12 <laughs> every year. So, Well, here's the thing. I'll say, about, I'll say about Harbaugh. I think he's been underwhelming at Michigan, and having said that, if he became available tomorrow, most every team in the country, <laughs> college, and every team in the NFL except for like five teams would be like, hmm, mm-hmm. I'd sign up for that, including the Tampa Bay Bucks. obviously. I think if he were available. Um, did no, you want – 
Yeah, they got Dirk. Yeah, we'll get into all that later on in the week on the podcast. Rick, um, so the the game of the day the other day was Georgia, Oklahoma, and the Rose Bowl. You know what I realized at the end of the day and all this? And again, this is going to be a complaint that I don't know. You may you may dismiss it. I hate overtime and even in college football. I don't like the way they do it. I don't think it's this getting the ball to twenty five yard and probably it's more fair than the way the NFL does it. But it still feels like gimmicky to me. It still feels like we're shooting free throws at the end of uh, at the end of regulation. Yeah, I think it's. I think the college overtime is is not football. I, I think the NFL, you know, they, so much was was relying on the coin flip that they made it so that you have to score a touchdown or the other team gets the ball at least once. So, you know, but you have you know it, it resembles football, whereas this is, you know. It, it it can be your field goal kicker choking. Um, you know you've you've got to make a first down or two, uh, depending on what the team does in front of you. You're gonna you're yes, gonna judge your play exactly calling right. based on that. It's it's just not. You know it was a shame because I mean that was one of the greatest college games I've seen, and it was just you know like up and down. What was it forty five forty five or something at one point? Yeah, and, and and so you got all this great football during the the four quarters. And then it's like, okay, let's let's play this this gimmicky game, which I just didn't like. And I didn't like the fact that um, you know, in the first overtime, the the best player, the Heisman Trophy winner, and the best player on your team does not do anything except hand the ball off three times. Oh, and they end I up couldn't kicking. believe I mean, it. That was I one of Lincoln the worst. Riley, Rick Lincoln yeah. Riley, and I thought he had a great day all day long until the until the final minutes. I thought both teams got tight tight late. And they, and they got geez, scared to lose. Really? But yeah, but Baker Mayfield, boy, how do you not throw the ball on your they first? They played around him. It was like, yeah. we don't know. We don't want to risk an interception here, or we don't want to you know, get a sack, or we don't, I, mean, I, I just don't get it. I mean, that made, you know, and then the other thing I learned um, about uh, Riley was that he, he, his play sheet is on like a, just like a piece of paper, <laughs> like a notebook that you would write on both sides. I mean, I got news for you, bud. You're going to need a bigger playbook. I mean, seriously, I just that doesn't make sense to me. I, I it's I know it, it sounds kind of well. Look, all these guys got these cards and they got dangling off. Yeah, their Dirk's belt, got Dirk's got a big card, man. And he couldn't do anything in the red zone again. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you, yeah, I don't know. It, I I didn't see any plays that excited me about the overtime. I can tell you that. No, I not like at the, all. I like the Not touchdown to Baker earlier, though. That was kind of cool. What I did, what I don't like about the overtimes, and you hit on it, Rick, is that if you go first, if you go first in the overtime, say mm-hmm. say we flip a coin and Georgia wins the coin toss, and they That's go in right. and they score a touchdown. Now Oklahoma knows they got four downs to do whatever they need to do. Yep. You, you you call your game differently. You play mm-hmm. differently than if you mm-hmm. go. And, I, and again, it goes back to a coin flip. The suggestion I would have is just add time to the clock. Let's play another ten minutes. Let's add ten minutes. Score as much yeah. as you want during those ten minutes. If you score ten you points, could do that. you could win. You win by ten points. Um, mm-hmm. But the, or, or even go to the NFL. Got it a little bit better now. To, you know, with the the idea that um, you have to score. Both teams have to have a possession or, or whatever. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the other thing. I looked at that game yesterday. Oklahoma, their their punter couldn't punt yesterday. That became an issue. All of a sudden, you take that out of the game. You know, you're taking. Mm-hmm. Uh, that part, that aspect of it. Which, so I, I don't like any of that. Georgia, I'm I'm surprised they're there, Rick. And I, if you're looking around, boy, Mark Rick had a bad weekend. If you look at Mark Rick, for, <laughs> you know, think about. It. I mean, yeah. Miami, Miami loses. He looks like a horse's ass. You know, grabbing yeah. the official and three in a row, f bombing him, and then uh, yeah, lost three in a row. And then he's watching his 
team that the program he he recruited some of those guys, and mm. uh, and now they're playing for national championship under another coach, Kirby Smart. Really impressed yeah. with Georgia. You know, and the thing is, is that, like, I'm sure he would say and probably has said, hey, I wish Georgia all the luck in the world, but you know he doesn't mean it because if you get <laughs> if you leave a job, I'm going to go on record as saying whoever covers the Bucks next, I hope they're terrible at it. I, I hope they I, – seriously. <laughs> I mean, I love the Tampa Bay Times, but I don't want somebody to come in and do a better job than me. No. I want them to fail miserably so that everybody misses me. Right. You know, instead, this guy Especially comes in. Especially in this case, you know, Rick got fired. It wasn't like he walked away. It wasn't like Jimbo leaving yeah. on his own accord. You know, this That's is a right. guy who got fired. But even if you, you did know. leave, you wouldn't want it to happen. But especially if you get fired, because that that just justifies. You, know, you can't even do the whole, hey, he won with Tony Dungy's team at that point. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, like right. They didn't even like your guys. So, um, yeah, that's 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 probably rough on, uh, on Mark Rick. The other game wasn't even close, Rick. I didn't see that one coming. Bama all over all over Clemson. I liked Clemson coming into that game. I, I thought Alabama would win. I didn't think it would be that dominant. They really shut down Clemson. I don't know if that was the case. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Where Clemson just wasn't good enough or a case of where boy Nick Saban had whatever, three and a half weeks to get ready? And, and No, no. It was that the quarterback stunk. And he, he can't. He cannot throw the football very well. Um, and you just came to realize just how great. I mean, Deshaun Watson against very similar defenses put up about 850 <laughs> or 900 yards in the two games he played Alabama. But that's how oh, great I thought he it was. It felt like at one game, yeah. Last but that's year, how last great year. he was. And, right. um, and it might have been one game. But, I mean, the whole point is is that, you know, without that, you see, you see what you get. You get, you know – a one-dimensional team that's just not going to win in the trenches. And, and, you know, they were putting the ball on the ground. They're getting balls tipped for interceptions. I mean, it, it just it, – it was – I mean, Clemson looked like they did not belong. You know, everybody talked about, oh, where's Alabama good to go? Let me tell you, the team that did not belong, like which one of these don't belong, it was Clemson. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it just was. And I bought Clemson. I was like, yeah, they're a pretty good team. You know, they'd lose one game or something like that when they had the quarterback hurt. But – you know what, dude? That guy, he is not Deshaun Watson, I can tell you that. It's funny. Every year, it seems, since we've gone to this playoff, there's been one team that just gets annihilated. And they don't mm-hmm. look like they belong. Last year, Washington didn't look like they belong. Ohio State got blown out one of those years. And it almost makes you wonder, boy, do we want to be adding teams here? You know, if we can't find enough to – to give us two good games. Well, it's all, you know, it's all matchups, too, Tom. I mean, it's That's like, um, you know, I think you know, certain teams, even in any level of football, just don't match up well with other teams, you know. And, right. I mean, to win it all, you, you you know, I'll even go like the year, this is the NFL comparison, but I'll, I'll even go the year that the Bucks won the Super Bowl, you know, obviously their their nemesis was were, were the Eagles. Um, but they had played the Eagles earlier. But when they, when they were able to draw San Francisco – uh, at home, a team that ran the West Coast offense that they saw in practice every single day. Um, that that was you know that was a great matchup. Had the Giants beaten San Francisco, 
the Giants were a heavy team that was really physical and was going to lean on those guys and that defense, it would have been maybe a different outcome. You just don't know. So you got to, you know, matchups, it's part of the, the luck of the draw, if you will. You got to kind of uh, hope that the team that's waiting for you, you can, you can kind of hang with. Our podcast next Monday, we'll look ahead to the uh, championship game and give our predictions on who will win that. Rick, before we go today, a couple other items, local items. Tampa Bay Lightning, they win again. Another shutout for Andre Vasilevsky. I think Jeez. Steve Bershnick, uh before the show told us that that's 166 minutes now of shutout hockey. And Steve mentioned another point, Rick. It's, boy, they made this team make statements. You know, they, they lose to Philadelphia. That you know breaks a long home winning streak. And you think, uh-oh, okay, is this already in for a little little bit of a swoon here? Then they go out the next day and completely dominate the Cal- uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, a pretty good team. And then now t- uh, on uh, Tuesday night, they're playing the Toronto Maple Leafs, second in the division, and they they dominate that game with a 2 nothing victory. I think this team, Rick, it, they're having so much fun. I don't see a, a big... Um, like a big slump coming. I just don't remember a couple of years ago when they slump. went to the cup. Well, I know they, they lose I mean, two in a row. What are you talking well, remember about? Remember a couple of years ago, they didn't lose three in a row all year until they lost their last three games of the yeah, season that's in true. the Stanley Cup final. But this team, it looks like they're a team that takes great pride in let's just go out and, and see how many games we can win. They, they really have that vibe of, yeah, of, of not, they're not going to let up off the gas pedal. You know, no, and they they they're they know they have a special team and they're going for it. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, if they they know that if they go out and play their game with as as deep as they are and with as good as Vasilevsky is, that they can beat most every team every night. And the better teams, it's a challenge. And then you have you know a stinker game like Philadelphia, who you know, I mean, I think I think Cooper just chewed them up. You know, when he when right. he, Finally, and he even did that after the first period the other night um, when they came the, the next night. So they ended up scoring, what, four goals in one period or something like that. So I think they score, I, I, I want to say, just about every game, except tonight was two, but every game was three goals or more. And Vasilevsky now has, I think, six shutouts or something like that. Something yeah, crazy. Something like, like you that. mentioned six, how long yeah. it's been since anyone scored on him. I mean, it is, um, you know, they're they're the... They're the real deal. I mean, we're far enough into the year now where you say, nah, this is a special team. This is one, you know, the only thing that can get them is, I guess, you know, if they're lethargy or, or injury. And, right. you know, they've they've got a couple, but nothing that's been devastating. And certainly, you know, if the goaltender stays healthy, they're going to be in every well, game. Well, and, and you look at a guy like, for instance, um, Stamkos and Kucherov clearly carried this team early in the season. Not so much of late. I mean, they're still playing really and good. Tyler Johnson's been carrying a lot. Oh yeah, of that, that's what they're, I, you just took the words out of my mouth. Tyler Johnson's a guy, Rick, that I, I think we'd sort of started thinking. Well, maybe he's not the player he was a couple of years ago. Maybe he, he at his size, maybe he's wearing down. And a lot of trade rumors involved. Him. Ah, they could get rid of him and it'll be okay. You know, what else could they get for Tyler Johnson? And all of a sudden, he goes into December. I think every game he's played, every game he played in December, he missed one with a flu. I think he scored a point, at least one point in every game. Had like 17 or 18 points, ton of goals. Had like eight goals in, in 10 games going into Tuesday night. Um, and then on Tuesday night, they get their goals from Cedric Paquette and Alex Kalorn. Alex Kalorn, another guy, Alex Kalorn, who's sort of almost a second-tier player now on this team. And um, that that's where they're not going to go in any slumps because – you could have a night where Stamkos and, and Kucherov get shut down, and Tyler Johnson and Alex Kalorn and 
uh, when Ryan Callahan comes back and Chris Kunitz, it's just every mm-hmm. Andre Pilat. You just go up and down the lineup. It's unbelievable. Um, anyways, they're in the midst of a uh, of a long road trip. Uh, already got two wins in the first two games, so well on their way to having a pretty good road trip. Uh, Rick, the other news of the day on Tuesday, and we've talked about this the past couple of years. A guy that you covered, a guy that know you know very well, John Lynch. Once again, the former Buck safety is a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. This is, I think, his third time. I would say third or fourth time now um, that he's been a finalist. Does he does he finally break through, Rick? Is there is there any momentum at all for John Lynch? Yeah, I mean, you know, statistically, if you make it um, to the finals more than once and certainly three times, you're going to get in at some point. The, the problem is, and I haven't seen the list, so I don't know whether what other safeties potentially might be in this this year. Um, but I, I do think that um, that there's momentum for him, and it's kind of the cue, right? I mean, it just depends on um, you know, how many defensive players. I mean, Ray Lewis is going to be a first ballot guy for sure. I think he's up this year. Um, you know, I guess there's Randy Moss, I think, might be a guy that sits up. I mean, so there's there's only five modern-day, you know, type – well, there could be more, but I think Lynch will have a good shot. And if he doesn't get it this year, I'm fearful of him uh, not getting in for a while and just because you got some other safeties coming up, Ed Reed and some others soon. So – it's just one of those positions, man. It's hard to define. And, and this should not matter for anything at all, um, but you're in the public conscience. And so him being the general manager of the 49ers and it has absolutely nothing to do with his playing career, and those guys in the room know it. But they're also, they're also voters and they're journalists, and they deal with John you know, from an NFL standpoint all the time. And you can see what's going on in San Francisco, so it's not bad to have him uh, be a good guy and everybody like him and and look Tony Dungy benefited from that I mean I thought Tony got in way before I I expected him to get in um, not that he wasn't deserving I just didn't see it coming but so this could be his year but if it's not it, it could be a while the guy who didn't make the finals though was a first time uh, semifinalist in, in the top 25 didn't make it to 15 was Rondé Barber does that surprise you at all I that surprises me a little bit because I thought I, there might be some momentum for, for Rondé. yeah I thought there might be um Boy, you know, until he gets in that room, you don't know what the voters' hang-ups would be. That's the thing is, you want to be one of the 15 because they have to debate you, and then you kind of figure out what where the warts are. Um, from a number standpoint, the longevity can help or hurt him, but certainly he played an awful long time. Some people see him as a system corner. Who this really helps is John because mm-hmm. I've always said, I don't know how many guys are going to get off that defense, but you got Sap Brooks, and I've always thought it was Sap Brooks and Lynch. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, when you look at Rondi's numbers, man, they're really, uh, really Hall of Fame worthy. Um, and again, a lot of that was longevity. And it's just whether trying to figure out, you know, okay, so he's a corner. So is so we're judging him in the same same arc as Deion Sanders. In other words, you know, right, Daryl right. Green. I mean, is that who Rondi Barber was? So there's going to be a lot of debate about sort of the system he played in the slot position. But yet he did things that you know, with all the sacks and the interceptions that no one's ever done. So that'll be interesting. But he's got to get he's got to get to 15 before they can have that debate. Yeah, the 15 that are in, Rick, uh, Tony Baselli, Isaac Bruce, Brian Dawkins, Alan Fanica, Steve Hutchinson, Joe Jacoby, uh, Edron James, Ty Law, Ray Lewis, which you mentioned, Lynch, Kevin Mawe, um, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Brian Erlocker, and Everson Walls. And... 
I don't know. I don't know, yeah, Rick. The I'm, safety, the safety that you mentioned um, early on. Who was it for Philly? Um, Brian Dawkins. Brian Dawkins is going to be the one that's going to be tough for John because those two could split. And, and again, there's not many safeties in the NFL. And if there's a debate where people thought that Dawkins was better, it's going to take votes away from John. And there's only going to be so many defensive guys in it. I don't know if it's fair or not, Rick. Do you think that the voters in this room, and you know how these guys think, because your buddies with a lot of them, or at least your you know, colleagues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do they start thinking ahead? Do, like, do they start thinking ahead like, hey, we got Ed Reed coming eventually. we got Troy Palomalu's coming eventually. Does oh, that yeah. Impa- does that impact? I mean, it shouldn't. You should think they should just vote on Listen, these guys based I'll, on. I'll give you a little inside baseball here. And it's. It's as close to what you would expect Washington and lobbyists to be as anything you can imagine. Um, there are deals cut. There are, you vote for my guy, I vote for your guy. There are, um, you know, this guy's waited longer than that guy. There is, hey, if he didn't get in this year, then look who's coming next year. Everything is, and this, and this, this conversation doesn't just happen at the Super Bowl at 6 a.m. on Saturday morning. It's year round. Um, it's a campaign because because I've <laughs> watched my wife be part of one, and you have to have other people in the league endorse you and write letters and and canvas voters and um, coaches and you know the parts. The, the, there's an East Coast West Coast thing. There's, I mean, it's as political shouldn't be, but you know, you, I mean you get five people in a room that can't agree on what to eat for lunch. <laughs> so, I mean, it's this is really sort of devastating and and I I feel for the for the for the Hall of Famers that have had to wait and some of those that had to wait and didn't get in until after they were dead like Kenny Stabler, which made no sense to me cuz all he did was die uh, and then, you know, he got right. in. Um so it's I could do a book in May on on the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but uh, there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of politics and shenanigans involved. Yeah, in that. I don't like it. I don't like it at all, Rick, because you have and look the local chapter, the Tampa Bay chapter. Ira Kaufman, a longtime Tampa Trib writer. Well, he's one of those people I'm talking about. Well, he's the guy. He's he's in there. Pre- <laughs> 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 ah, they get uh, 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 strut. I got set. I was a stand-up guy. Uh, I was on the up and up, and he's going to go in there and he and he's going to give a good presentation for. Yeah, John he Lynch. fights for his guys. He fights for his guys. But here's the thing, Rick. What if you did have a relationship with a guy that wasn't very good? I mean, you've had players that you don't get along with. I've had players that I've covered over the years that I don't get along with. Well, why do you think that, Terrell Owens is not in the room? Is not in the Hall of Fame? Right. Who's yeah? Who's selling him? You know, who's who's making nobody, the pitch for nobody him? that covered him is really all that. You know, certainly not in San Francisco, not so much in Dallas. I mean, and I'm not, not in impugning Philly, the yeah. voters from those cities necessarily, no. but I'm just telling you that this is a human, there's a human element here. And, it, you know, and this is sort of, <laughs> if you will, the last power that, that uh, some of these folks may have over a player or the only power they may have, which is helping to decide their Hall of Fame status. Um, and it's, 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 it's part of it. I mean, it's just, you know. You, you can't separate sometimes the pers- the the player from the personalities. Um, look, Warren Sapp didn't rub everybody the right way, but it was undeniable he was a first ballot right. Hall of Famer. There are some that think that Terrell Owens should have had that distinction. 
Um, there'll be others that won't get in because of, of just sort of how they, you know, what their comportment was with writers and, and people in general off the field. It just, it just happens. And, um, you know, that's, that's the human element to this. I also know that it's the Pro Football Hall of Fame, just like all these are Hall of Fames, not the Hall of Very Goods. I yeah. also have an issue, though, Rick, with setting a limit on, okay, only so many guys get in. Uh, you know, they're, I don't. They're, 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 really? Mm-mm. I mean, no. I, I think baseball, the, the way baseball does it's not a bad way to do it. Yeah, but then baseball have, you know, if you want to talk about arrogance, it's like, oh, nobody got in this year. Good night, everybody. Yeah, Drive no, safely. I, I, I mean, get come that. On. Well. I get, no, that's stupid, so too. I, and, and, only, and some guys are not... There, there have been great players who weren't first ballot Hall of Famers, and you're like, or unanimous selections. Like, how's yeah. that guy not unanimous? But right. I don't know, Rick. I mean, what if there's some year, if there's six guys that deserve to get in? Uh, is the thinking, okay, they'll eventually get in next year or the year yes. after? Is that, yeah. that's, what, that's what the thing the, the thinking is not. I mean, you know, as far as, okay, we can talk about there's Hall of Fame players, and then there's quote unquote first ballot Hall of Fame players. And those are reserved in the minds of voters. For people who this is slam dunk, no doubt, you're special, which to which I would say, how the hell did Jason Taylor get on the first ballot? And I like Jason Taylor. I don't think I don't think he's, you know, Lawrence. I don't think he's Lawrence Taylor, but I don't think he's, you know, Reggie White either. So yeah. but but there are certain players and and you know, both Sap uh Sap got in on the first ballot, I think. Maybe Brooks did too. Um, but that's another distinction, you know, like Ray Lewis is gonna go on the first ballot. And Ray Lewis sure. did some things that people aren't all that cool about, you know, back, right, right. back during the Atlanta Super Bowl and stuff. But um, it is, like I said, man, we could do, we will do one day, maybe a podcast <laughs> on this. It is gut wrenching, and I, and the process that these, you know, how they. Well, I'll tell you real briefly if we got time. Of course, sure. we have time. It's our podcast. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, we got to go, folks. We got to go, go to a break. That's right. Um, yeah, I wish we had more commercial breaks. The the whole thing is is that okay, so you're one of the fifteen, right? And they now they do it where they reveal, quote unquote, for the first time, the class of you know, twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen or whatever it's gonna be, two thousand eighteen, is announced at the NFL honors show, you know, that big yeah, award right. show that they have. So so check this out. So the voters go in around six thirty in the morning and they hag- they debate this thing all fifteen People plus a senior candidate plus a contributor—they're all debated, right? Uh, you can speak. And there's up, like not what, like up. fifty some, like fifty voters or something. Like a, it's a like forty-seven, right? I think. Yeah. yeah, it's close to fifty. It's below that, but there's like forty-seven. So you know, if if, if uh, John Lynch is up, then Ira Kaufman will say eh, special guy, uh, Brooks Sapp Lynch, uh, <laughs> you know, and he'll do this whole thing, and then uh, and then anyone can speak, and frequently they do. Uh, on certain guys and sometimes there's no debate on guys and sometimes they'll go for an hour on one person so this thing they have to be done this thing goes for like 12 hours in the room it's non-stop i mean these dudes are just wearing each other out but they have to so then if you're one of the 15 finalists okay they will put you like you may have a hotel room in a city but you will have to go to a a designated hotel that you're not staying at by the way they will give you a room key right you with me you go into that room. All this right? is for the players now. This is right for the for the modern yeah for the fifteen players who are finalists uh, and, and and or coach that is, that's right. a finalist. Whether you've whether you've made the cut or not made the cut, this is how you find out. You go into your hotel room that you're not staying at, somewhere in Minneapolis at the Super Bowl, or wherever that Super Bowl is. 
Right. And one of two things will happen. You'll get a phone call, which just says, I'm sorry, you haven't made it. Um, the bus is leaving for NFL honors. Come on down to the lobby. Right? In the meantime, you know, they don't call everybody at once. It's one after the other. Or you'll get a knock on the door from David Baker, the president of Pro Football Hall of Fame, or executive director, or whatever his title is, and that's when the camera's in your face, and it's like you've made it. And then you go to a different room, and you find out who else is part of your class. It is gut-wrenching. It is almost unbelievably unfair. Um, and, I, I mean, to watch it, I watched it play out, and to see these guys like Terrell Davis, who didn't make it a bunch of years you know, you know, this you know, walking out with her. I mean, it's just it's hor- horrible. This is like America's Got Talent, man. Why don't you just put them all up on stage and like, sorry, you're going home. You didn't make. And it, imagine you know? if you had that happen to you four or five, like Jerome Bettis, you know, <laughs> um, or you know, some of these guys, Art. Monk, I mean, whoever it was, uh, all these guys. And, and this is this is kind of evolved because of the NFL honors. They want everybody there. Not everybody get goes to the NFL honor show, especially if they don't make the Hall of Fame. But they want you to go, so this is this is sort of their way of having everybody in one group, so they don't have to they don't have to figure out where you're if you're man, across I'd town. I'd be like f that, else. man. <laughs> if right? You, if I'll be there, if I'm in, I'll come. Like, if I'm not, you, yeah, you call me and tell me I'm in. You'll see me. If you don't, don't I'm mean, gonna sit in a hotel room that I don't that I don't. If I did, I'd be hitting the survey bar really hard. You know? <laughs> like, That's awful, man. Yeah, what it's a, terrible. What a way to do it. Well, lots of lots of coaching changes in the NFL. We'll get to that in our next podcast, including the most recent John Gruden rumors. I'll oh, he's got a coaching. You're going to coach again, buddy. Just not in Tampa Bay. Uh, and I wonder how that's going to go over in Tampa Bay. Anyway, we'll I talk about the black joke. hole. You know what I mean? <laughs> I might be like Elvis out there in Las Vegas. Johnny Vegas. Honest. Yeah, we'll talk about Johnny him on our v. next next podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast. You can reach us on Twitter. The podcast uh, Twitter handle is at Rick Tom Podcast. You can reach Rick at NFL Strive. You can reach me at Tom W. Jones. Thanks again to our producer, Steve Verstick. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.